0: Two Humorous Nurses with Kelly and Alicia. The
1: podcast that is smart.
0: S-M-R-T. <laughs> smart. <laughs> Welcome to Two Humorous Nurses where we plan to bring you funny, informal, conversational chat about all things nursing. Today is resus day. We're going to pump some life back into you. <laughs> I've been, you know, I've been what watching.
1: What was that? What was that? I've been, I've been watching that um, Cardi B show Rhythm and Flow and all oh. the news.
0: <laughs>
1: anyway um so we're gonna talk about recess today and I mean when you're in it you're not re- you're not really having a great time like it's not that fun or funny but when <laughs> when it's after the fact it's not it's still not kind of funny I used to go for cigarettes after a rest
0: yeah we it's that adrenaline come down isn't it
1: well I'm not even a smoker I just find a smoke and be like, "We're going for a dart." (laughs) I need a cigarette after that.
0: Oh, that's funny.
1: No, I haven't. I mean, you say I'm a shit magnet, but I'm not,
0: mate. No, you are.
1: Well, no, no. I mean, I'm a shit magnet for emergencies, but not always arrest. I've only done CPR once. Really? Like, as in, I've only done compressions, yeah, once. Yeah. But But yeah,
0: I guess that's that's what we think of when we think of arrest, but um, like resus, but resus can start way earlier yeah exactly
1: I guess we just today's episode is kind of like a rundown of resource but a bit like Harvard you know I don't think you could probably put it on your CPD but
0: (laughs) (laughs) not CPD approved
1: (laughs) no how do you get something CPD approved this podcast could totally be like hours of CPD training come on
0: it might count to um something but we're probably, not that smart. Probably so. not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're right. hey, I'm a basic
1: life support train the trainer trainer.
0: Well, oh, that's good. I've done basic life support for 21 years. Oh, so, you,
1: yeah. But well, I, yeah, we're, I can't
0: we're train. we experts. <laughs> <laughs> so you do BSL learning or assessment every single year, regardless of how many years you've done it, because it's important. And yeah. things change a lot. So what I was taught um, like 20 years ago is relatively the same now with a few minor tweaks mm. in it. Um, but your basic life support literally does that, doesn't it? it saves lives.
1: Pretty much. Yeah. I wish that there was a tick box at the end like, does this person know how to locate things on their crash cart? Oh, and before they get qualified, because the amount of people that do their BLS just because it's expected me and my fucking crash cart, I'm like a dog with a bone. And, um, but still have no idea where the crash cart is like, what's in it? Yeah. What, you know, I love it when you do crash cart education and people are like, what the hell's that? I'm like, well, if you checked the fucking crash cart, you'd know. <laughs> anyway.
0: Anywho, we digress <laughs> already <laughs> three minutes in. <laughs>
1: so, Obviously, um, I can't believe we're trying to be educational.
0: Who are we? Nah, we, we're just going to be like the, you know, the funny people talking about racism. Yeah, we're going to be the ones that you think of when you're pumping a chest going 30 to 2, 30 <laughs> to 2, uh, 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 staying alive. <laughs> I actually or, do that, you know. Apparently, you can do it to the WAP as well. So if you're uh, yeah, bit more <laughs> millennial. <laughs> And yeah, nah, It's what it. people moved on from millennials, isn't there? Gen Z. What? No. Z? Oh, X? I
1: don't
0: know. Whatever.
1: I not uh, All right. So, danger, obviously. So, doctors A, B, C, D.
0: And there's an, yeah. <laughs> Doct- it's changed doctors- so much. Jesus.
1: Yeah. Didn't it just used to be A, B, C?
0: Yeah. Or D, R, A, B, C. Anyway. Anyway. D, R, S, A, B, C, D.
1: D is not for dick. It's for danger.
0: (laughs) Danger.
1: It's for don't be a dick. Check for danger.
0: (laughs) To yourself, to others, and the patient.
1: I was in an arrest once where she'd fallen and hit her head and there was blood everywhere. And every time we moved her, she kept bleeding. And, well, because she was on the floor. It was really horrible, actually. Mm.
0: That comes Um, later, though, at C doesn't
1: it what blood
0: oh see change <laughs> see I thought it so used to be circulation now it's compression.
1: compressions now on, get with the times can oh. I clearly haven't been to one of my education <laughs> anyway Edith. point is blood could be a danger um Water. What Other dangers could there be and like position of the patient can be a danger yeah, that's right um and yeah, really where... you don't want to hurt yourself if you're doing CPR and I think um yeah what were you going to say
0: Oh, just saying, reminding people that we're basing this on hospital-based situations, not out in where you know, out in the ether land of. I was the lifeguard.
1: That was the first time I learned about CPR. And dangers were like other patrons, which I mean, you know, patients. I guess can be a danger. Family members, all that crap.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't know a fire
0: a fire is definitely a danger <laughs> anyway anyway you get the picture
1: Moving right along.
0: responsiveness oh. mm. how do you do that you just go "Oi, you are it You're
1: um good. actually I'll t- there's one called cows it's an acronym yeah can you hear me open your eyes what's your name squeeze my hand like that and that's pretty much how it can. You hear me? Open your eyes. Watch your name. Squeeze my hand. Uh, <laughs> do it again. <laughs> in the, and sometimes I'm like, Can you hear me? Open your eyes. Watch your name. Squeeze my hand. no, nothing. Don't.
0: <laughs> Otherwise, you should just gently squeeze their shoulders and yeah. shout their name.
1: Pretty sure I'm a culprit of the old sternal rub that you're not supposed to do anymore. Painful line. Um, but you know, if you're at the head of the bed, I'm not just gonna squeeze someone's trapezius muscle. <laughs> like, come on, you can easily avoid that. Like, it, someone could easily not react to that. Yeah. So you can't you can't fake a sternal rub reaction. <laughs> <laughs> not that we're condoning things that aren't best practice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> you know. Well, you do what
0: works, I say. So you've shouted loudly at them, you've sternal rubbed them and there's no response. What are you doing?
1: Well, you're sending uh, them for help. sending for help because yeah. that's the S for doctors. <laughs> yeah. Hit that so code us- button.
0: Yeah, I'm a real bad, button. I'm really bad at just accidentally hitting the staff assist instead of the code. And then when someone just turns up without the trolley, I'm like, what? And then I'm like, oh, I hit the wrong button. <laughs>
1: I'm really bad at seeing a situation deteriorate in front of my eyes and thinking I've got a handle on it or that I just need one other person. So I'll send for one other person and they'll come and I'll go, oh, actually, and say to the porter, can you just get so-and-so as well? And I'm watching this person thinking, hmm, hmm, <laughs> hmm. And then I think, oh, I should terrible. just press the button because she's going to hit the fan.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so right. I need
1: to be quicker on the trigger on that one. Um, and I guess if you're in a bigger hospital You'd um, initiate your Met Call system if it wasn't a true arrest, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess. I don't know who does that. Right. I, it's been such a long time since I worked in a bigger hospital. But um, they used to have to dial a certain number to put it over to switch and then they would <coughs> announce it So then, yeah. or send the page out.
0: Yeah. And then but, we get into the ABCs. Yeah, Absolute Basics.
1: Mm. So airway, obviously, yeah. is A, and I'm always the airway nurse because I'm anaesthetics um, background, which I'm com- I'm very comfortable up there in the old airway. Um, so ensure the airway is clear. Um, do your jaw thrust or pop in a Goodell's, whatever. Um, make sure there's no obstruction in there. You can use a bit of suction. That's always handy. Suction is like – is. They should. They should be mm-hmm. another S for suction because I feel mm-hmm. like suction is like a huge. Underutilized. Yeah, and and really um important life saving equipment that people don't, you, yeah people don't, don't use enough. Like my first my like and one of those things checking all your um your emergency equipment when you start your shift. Mate, I'm a stickler for that because I think if I want that suction and it's not working,
0: exactly. Or it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. And all it takes is to one cap be off your suction bottle for your suction the, to be working.
1: Or the bottle to not yeah. be pushed in yeah. properly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, and like it's just I guess because I'm anaesthetics trained as second nature to have that suction on all the time and just kinked the, the tube. Yeah under the pillow. Stick it under the pillow, yeah. And like and that's still in an emergency, that's still my go to is just have it on all the time. Yeah. Because yeah when you need it and god help me the amount of times you've gone to a suction bottle and they haven't worked or they're not even the um yanker's not even on the end and yeah exactly in an emergency you do not have time to be
0: chucked no. if you yell at someone to go get a yanker no one's going to bloody know what you're talking about <laughs>
1: yank <laughs> what what do you want me to yank
0: um and then obviously you're going to make sure they're breathing or not breathing as the case may be
1: look listen feel look Look for rise and fall of the chest and listen for air escaping and feel rise and fall of the chest and feel air escaping.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Jeez, testing my memory here, Kelly.
0: Yeah, no, you're doing a great job. So <laughs> Obviously,
1: if the patient's unconscious and they've got abnormal breathing, then you start CPR. And do you know, yeah, that's really
0: never- new as well, isn't it?
1: Yeah, well, that's something I, until I did my Train the Trainer, it was never that clear to me. I remember thinking in my first arrest, I was looking at this GP and I'm like, do we start? Like, what do we do? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he knew to start, but I sort of in my head, I hadn't quite gotten around, you know, <laughs> when, when do you say go? Like- yeah, exactly.
0: And he shouldn't go off um, oxygen saturation levels because they will take a long time to sort of, by the time they've dropped into the 70s, the patient's very flat. Like, it takes a long time for them to respond.
1: Um, Yeah, so start compressions. Um, And I think, I guess, because this is basic life support, but, you know, in that time, you really want to have a scribe already um, starting to chart, hopefully, and um, someone else getting your emergency drugs out and um, starting compressions. Yeah. Uh, So 30 compressions to two breaths.
0: Thirty and two, lower half of the sternum, two hands, good technique. You if count you
1: ribs cracked. You've done it right.
0: Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, Impressions isn't isn't um as easy as you do it on bloody recess. Definitely anyway. not.
1: No, nah, feels it's like awful. doing it on a wet sandbag.
0: It's Awful.
1: Sort of. Like I've only problem.
0: done it on two two people. One when I was a sh- I was still studying my EN, I was working in a nursing home and quite a young nursing home patient collapsed. Um, and we started CPR because um, there wasn't clear documentation of resource status because he was quite young. He had yeah. um, early onset dementia. Oh, and I was saying, I feel like the family would like an opportunity to say goodbye. So we just kept going and that was on a bathroom floor. It was terrible. Um, and then the other time was a... Um, a gentleman that walked in having chest pain and he obviously was having a massive cardiac arrest. Mm. And he was absolutely massive. He would have been 180 kilos and I struggled to get high enough to actually do them. It'd be Um, so hard.
1: And that comes into, I wonder about that, you know, about where um, you stand. Actually, we should look at that in uh, another episode. But when it comes to danger, like doing mm -hmm. CPR on someone who's massive, yeah. Can can be a danger to the to the CPR yeah. operator. Because I
0: couldn't I couldn't kneel on the on the trolley in the um our little emergency room because there was no room on the trolley. Like he You'd was You'd almost he, have he, to like kneel trolley.
1: put your knees on either side of his head and do it that way.
0: Yeah. Well it can be hard <laughs> to maintain airway when you're trying to do yeah. Yeah, and there was only two Give him a trackie, it'll be right. Yeah. There was only two of us and no doctor, so that was great.
1: Oh fun. It was very <laughs> sounds like sure.
0: a fucking disaster wasn't, wasn't great um so obviously start compressions and then get those defib pads on so you can assess the patient
1: as yeah most as places it. will have I mean lo- most remote places or nursing nurse-led places will just have AEDs like the ones that you see out in the community
0: I think um, most big hospitals do too all our wards had AEDs on them
1: at the oh, I didn't know that.
0: yeah because um, there's not often doctors around to actually because you can't nurses can't shock without unless it's aed yeah right so hmm. well, yeah. i've never
1: been i've oh my gosh i'm gonna i've never been to an arrest where there's oh where there's not been a um, yeah i've never i was never in any arrests at my previous hospital but they would have they, a re- they, they had like a met call system and they We're they had manual really yeah
0: me, of course. they have resource teams that would do that
1: yeah, exactly right. Yeah. You just get pushed into the corner.
0: Yeah. And forgotten about and then trapped because all the shit's around you and you can't get out. And you just want to yeah, get Yeah. And
1: then out. you're left to clean up. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so you put your pads on, obviously, watching out for all the, um, you know, pacemakers and nipple rings and whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chuck one. Uh, ports. Ports. Absolutely.
1: What is it, eight centimetres away from yeah. any implantable medical devices? Yeah. Can't put it over your implant on. Not that you would, but.
0: If you're sticking it on the arm, you got bigger issues, I think.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, and then you just need to let the defib do the assessing and um, do what you got to do, I guess. And if you're you know- in a hospital with the resus team, Hang around and watch them. I know we just joked yeah. about getting stuck in the corner, but they they will work like a well oiled machine.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I did see a few it when I was a student at the Royal Children's, which was fascinating because obviously those teams are like well oiled machines, and um, yeah. they yeah, it was just as a student, it was really really overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and they call mets, you know, before there's even anything wrong, kind of thing. Like yeah, when exactly. The slightest um downward trend and then a met's called and um yeah i guess they intervene before it gets worse thankfully which you know it's a shame more, more places aren't like that yeah that's right
0: anyway so that's your dr s a b c d you
1: know do, when you're in an emergency does that actually go through your head do you stand there and go shit need to go from the top
0: let it drop no um <laughs> 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 um to be honest I haven't been in a full-blown proper arrest and the one that I was in um there was only two nurses and it was it was You've never had gonna emergencies.
1: like have you had any yeah, so absolutely. Chemo reactions and stuff
0: yeah so we know what what's going to happen I guess and I and I think I've been in the only real true emergency situations I've probably been in is um like uh, someone going into SVT so and I do absolutely think of I might not sit there and go like run through it in my head yeah but I yeah. I mean I think airway breathing circulation is always something in every assessment that you yeah. do so I think it it um I think the more you do stuff the more it just happens I mean like I know mm. if someone's in that situation we had a patient um you know that went into SVT on the, ward and the the nurse, you know who I'm talking about, just waltzed up, put the ECG in front of me and said, yeah, oh, we need to do something. <laughs> like so casually. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. <laughs> was like, right. Bloody hell. I was like, someone grab the race, Australia. Let's go. Someone call a doctor.
1: That was me. I'm pretty sure.
0: And we just went in there and popped in a big cannula and, you know, made sure that she was okay. I mean, those emergencies aren't, they're emergencies, but they, you know, easily reverted generally mm. in, um, in situations. I mean, patients will often go home a few hours after they've come in with an SVT. So,
1: yeah, you've just reminded me that I have not looked at an ECG in four, five months yeah. and now I'm scared to go back to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, God. Um, in the
0: show notes, we'll chuck in some um, links to like, uh, the resource flow charts and things like that for anyone that might mm. be interested you know, so- oh yeah sorry I'm not sure we've sold it very well but surely get there get the you know,
1: I reckon um even when you're in emergencies I think you keep going over the steps a lot like I, I yeah. just think about Sometimes when you're in an emergency, there's people opening things all the time and then there's rubbish everywhere. And then all of a sudden you'll see someone come through and they'll pick everything up because they know that it's like, if someone slips on that, it's a danger. So I think it's a lot of that is stuff that, because when I'm in an emergency, I never, the first thing I think of is never danger. And I know it probably should be. I mean, if the patient was in a compromising position, my first reaction would be like, okay, we need to make this safe. But it wouldn't be like, I think it's just because it's, it's natural, yeah. Because I and think we obviously- tend to
0: just make sure the the area is user friendly and workable. Like I like yeah. to I like to make sure everyone's doing, everyone knows their role. So mm. you know, and and it's that you know if you, if it becomes an overwhelming situation, there's no harm in stopping it for like thirty seconds and saying, everyone stop, listen. Yeah, yeah. You're on yeah. airway. You're on you know procedures. You're on yeah. drugs. Is everyone on board? is does the scribe need any more information that she hasn't yeah. managed to catch or he hasn't managed to catch yeah because the you know the scribe job's probably one of the most important jobs at the end Definitely. of the day so you know i remember when i was in um what well the very first time i saw someone going into cardiac um arrest i just happened to be walking past <laughs> and <laughs> the um The nurse, the head nurse, she was on the resuscitation council at Western Australia. And so she, you know, she'd written the policies for the country health things and she was amazing. She's like, You can scribe, stand at the end of the bed, do not move, do not let anyone do anything without you writing it down. And she's like, I want you to be louder. Than everyone that's in here so obviously I didn't have a problem with that but I was just <laughs> like, what did you just do what are you doing what did you just put in like because I had to write I'll it tell down. You, you
1: do have to be assertive you do have to yeah. be um yeah like confident to be able to yeah. interrupt doctors doing what they're doing and saying what is that and how but much if they're,
0: if they're good resource teams they'll be they'll be yelling it out to you yeah, exactly they'll be like right. you know adrenaline a thousand mics going yeah. in now I will
1: say that one of the most important things in an emergency is having closed loop communication because there's nothing more frustrating as the clinical emergency team leader that if you're, so for example, if I'm saying, you know, um, if I've put in a cannula and I'm like 16 gauge right cubital false or whatever, I want the scribe to acknowledge that they've heard what I've said. Yes, chef. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Yes, <laughs> like chef because yeah. <laughs> I want them to look me in the eye or at least say got it 16 yeah. gauge and or say it back to me can you right okay. you know yeah. and at least so then I, I know and the same thing you know when you're saying so, like and sometimes I can be a bit um, barky. <laughs> in emergencies and people have said that to me afterwards like because I just bark orders constantly and then at the end I end up going around and apologizing to everyone (laughs) sorry for being mean or sorry for being rude or just you know um and because I'll be like I need a pressure bag because for some reason the pressure bags keep falling off the crash car (laughs) and um I think they've fixed that problem now but um you know you just want someone saying or and now I just put a name name to everything that I want I'll just call out someone's name and make it their problem because I'm not leaving the patient's uh, bedside but um I've been in. it's interesting uh in my not not that you know I haven't had that long a career really yet but um because obviously we work in a small hospital and we have an urgent care center and I work after hours and you know I'm bloody Boxing Day you end up with every Tom, Dick and Harry and whatever (laughs) else but I think I feel like I have seen so many emergencies and I'm putting that in quotation marks marks like even a birth like we had a birth you know not maybe a year ago now.
0: Anus zombie that's all I can remember from the emergency (laughs) birthing
1: (laughs) But I just, you know, and that was it. All I'd done is an emergency birthing course, which was fabulous, run by the Royal Women's. And if you work in an urgent care centre, you need to go and do that course. Yeah,
0: It was
1: was the first baby I'd ever seen born naturally. I'd never seen a natural birth in my, like, because I'm only working in um, theatre. Never seen a natural birth and it was crazy and awesome. Not an emergency, but still something that requires a lot of attention and, you know, um, I guess there could have been an emergency. Like the baby had, uh, she had a, a meconium lycor, and it's just crazy the amount of things I've seen in my time at our hospital. Yeah. And um, they're all different. They all require different skills, but really, fundamentally, they're all the same. Exactly. Because if yeah. you're ensuring the patient's airway and, um, you know airway breathing circulation really then that's it got the potential to save their life and I will there was one um there was one not that long ago that it was an emergency and I can't obviously can't say too much about it in that it was a post-operative complication he'd been at home for a few days and then noticed some bleeding well um we he pretty much Continue to bleed the whole time he was with us but was conscious and wasn't um you know it wasn't it was an emergency but here's a conscious patient that's breathing normally um but you could see that it was it had the potential to hit for him to rapidly deteriorate yeah. and we could see um it was it was an incredible experience to be able to go this is what's going to happen we know yeah. inevitably. This is what's going to happen that was an unreal kind of yeah. um emergency to be involved in um because you could actually actually prepare and you knew yeah. what the end outcome was going to be that was um
0: it's like when you watch um shows like emergency and that when you know and the doctors are sitting there and the person's just um something sort of seemingly not that bad like you know they fell off the roof of the shed Mm -hmm. And they're sitting there and they're talking about all these major life um, affecting things that could go wrong. You know, like, they're like, they could die from this and you're like, they just Mm -hmm. fell off a shed, but he has a pelvis fracture, which means they could bleed into the abdomen, which means they could die. And there's like all these things. And every Mm -hmm. single time, every patient, I mean, obviously they show the worst patients, but they have all these big things that could be wrong. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. if medicine, you're spending your whole day, in an emergency department seeing these big things and then like your adrenaline must be peaking 24 yeah. seven. Like I don't, I can't imagine going to work and having, but then again, they probably don't have as much adrenaline because a, they're prepared. B yeah. they know their basic life support and advanced life support, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. C, they have everyone ready waiting. They're obviously, they're always sort of given. It's not like they come in without any notification do you think there? you would
1: become desensitized to 100%. the adrenaline rush yeah you know, so that's something um I'm so glad we've talked about this because um I really want to do my quick care it's one of my career goals and um I would really really like to be at just work in a resource team when I go to work that would be like my end game kind of career yeah. goal right But because of my history with PTSD and because for such a long time I was pretty much running on adrenaline for three years and just being in that state of hypervigilance and um, it's I actually am sabotaging myself to achieving that goal because I'm scared of the adrenaline. You
0: probably become as immune to adrenaline as I have become immune to death and dying like those conversations (laughs) that I have (laughs) regularly no longer put fear into me because I see it all the time and I think you ever
1: get rattled though
0: yeah of course yeah yeah definitely but I think you'll you'll see something that will come in I mean you know if someone comes through the door with breast cancer that's around my age Mm. like it really puts the fear in you that you know, like when all you're seeing is cancer, like all, everything you think you've got is cancer. Mm-hmm. Or if all you're talking about is, um, oh, I don't know, I guess in the emergencies and and in those resus teams though, they would have amazing debrief sessions. You'd and they so. would have, well, and I think you have to, like you would have to have some level of debrief to get at the end of it to say, we got this patient to surgery or to the ward or home. And we did what we could do for them here and talk about what you've done, what you could have done better. Mm. Well, you know, next time we'll know that we need to do this Mm. or this.
1: I think I really need to bite the bullet and do it because stop
0: self sabotaging. I
1: I know. And I, but I, I do feel like also
0: you'll never know unless you do it. I know. And
1: I, you know what? I've, I have seen my fair share of emergencies, but, um, I feel like
0: you've seen your fair share of emergencies and you've been in charge. Like it's, yeah. you know, it's not like you've whilst in and someone else has been responsible. Like mm. you work in a small unit where you make the decisions.
1: Do you know something though? I, after an arrest or after an emergency, I, I don't know what it is, something in my brain when I leave work and I try and go about my everyday life, like I'm just using this as an example after the last really, really serious event um, that was involved, a premature baby, like absolutely rattled me. It's the first time that I've, it's, I've cried two times at work. One of them was because a 30 year old woman died in our hospital. And the other one was um, this one. And and I left work and went to the supermarket, and I'm looking around, and everyone just That's going funny. about their business. And yep. I was like, "You fuckers have yep. no idea what I've just been fucking doing." <laughs> and fuck, like I was literally, I was so mad at the world. And I was like, "You just go about and buy your fucking strawberries, like you know." And I, <laughs> and I was like, "You don't know what what I've been through today." Like, and I'm like, "Why the fuck would they know, idiot?" Yeah. Like, but I don't know what it is, but I just it really there was. It, um
0: i yes i fully i fully understand that there are some days that i come home and cam will say how was your day i'm like yeah it was good i think it wasn't bloody good i just told (laughs) someone that you know i was involved in a conversation where there was nothing left we could do for them they were just basically going off to live out whatever left that they had of their lives or Mm. you know or i've given a treatment to a patient and they've had a reaction to it or they've you know like i think I can't talk about this with people because they don't get it. Mm. Like, so that's where you really need to have like a good debrief team or someone that you can tell it to Mm. who's going to understand what you go through. Because it's I get it in my head that
1: I've got a raw raw deal or something, like, (laughs) or that I'm a hero. Not a hero. No, no, no. I don't think like that. I think like that what I've just done is so beyond extraordinary Maybe you know to anyone that
0: to anyone that's not a nurse, like,
1: yeah. And or because not what a, doing, not in the medical field, like but it is
0: extraordinary what we can do as yeah. medical professionals, and I think this pandemic has shown that.
1: Oh yeah, that, that, the, I think that just that the contrast. Of, sorry, no, just that
0: we can rally around each other and do these amazing things, and the you know the community think enough of you to buy everyone a coffee or something like do you know like uh, we're not we don't claim to be heroes we don't go to work thinking that what we're doing is heroic we go to work because what we we love doing what we do
1: exactly yeah
0: but if that means on that particular day you save a life well then I think you're allowed to go to the supermarket and just think I'm fucking better than you buying strawberries, but I saved a life today.
1: I think it's the contrast between doing something extraordinary and then going around doing something super Monday. ordinary. And it puts you in, it puts it into perspective. Actually, what I was doing was pretty fucking crazy. And if I tried to tell him, that person buying their strawberries yeah. about it, they'd think I was fucking insane. Yeah. But I don't know. It, it's
0: like, it's just, like the first time you're in the operating theatre and you can you see a live <laughs> open heart beating on inside someone's chest. The first time I saw that, or I only saw it once because I wasn't allowed in cardiac theaters, but I like fangirled over this heart and the amazing ability that everyone has to change that person's life. The first time I saw a brain, I was like, I want to touch it. I can I touch the brain. The first time I peeled back someone's face can to I? surgery, I was like, I'm in a theater peeling back someone's face. The first, the first time, time I
1: saw someone's brain was from a fungating wound. Ugh. That's the only time I've ever seen a brain.
0: Do you know, like, there's uh, these amazing things that we do that no one's yeah. going to understand. Like, you see inside someone's body this cut is out. why we started the-
1: this fucking yeah. podcast. Because this- <laughs> what we just fucked and people everyone, don't get
0: it. And everyone listening is like, yeah. Yeah. I remember that moment too. I remember that first time I assisted in a circumcision on an 85-year-old man.
1: <laughs> I um, When you said about the first time going to theatre, it reminded me when I was a student and the hospital that we work in was the first time I'd ever been in theatre and I saw a total knee replacement and it just I, mm. it just about blew my brains out. Like yeah. It was, you know, as the yeah. student seeing that, it's just so cool. And I did feel a bit
0: sick from the diet I love the diet. I know you're afraid <laughs> Anyway, well, we're so wait. far off topic. No, not <laughs> really. Just that last couple of minutes. But I did want to bring up something which um if you can't um I think all uh, well all people that I've listened who's given education on um you know like a basic life support and stuff drill into you is this chain of survival. Um, and I f- had forgotten about it till I saw it because I've not been to a, like a like a proper study day on it for such a long time. But it basically, well, I think
1: people forget what the goal of CPR is. Yeah, to, that's is that. to preserve that brain function. Yeah,
0: so it refers. So the chain of survival refers to a series of actions that, when put in place, reduce the mortality rate associated with cardiac arrest. Mm-hmm. Early recognition of the deteriorating patient. So you get to send for that early medical urgent response early and effective cpr because that buys you time early defibrillation and early advanced life support yeah, boy. so yeah and then once you've stabilized that patient it also includes good post-resuscitation care to restore quality of life so that's your ongoing rehab and things like that so
1: the australian resource council has great flowcharts for bls on their website um, which we will link in the show notes. Um, and they've got updates on resus COVID patients. If you want to go and check that out as well, the website is resus.org.au.
0: Yeah, it's such a great um, read. Like I really enjoyed reading it actually sort of prompted a lot of things i would forgotten about. Really? Well, when I was researching for this, oh. this waltzed on in.
1: It's you didn't good. just read it on your weekend?
0: No, <laughs> no, no, God, no. <laughs> I was watching housewives, come on. <laughs>
1: You already put. You already put. Make sure you check out your trolley.
0: Yeah, I know, and I left that for you to write. Do okay. you to say? <laughs> um, so I think I need to be resuscitated after all of that. It's too much learning in one night for me.
1: Fuck off! I'm off duty.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> collapsed in front of me.
1: <laughs> well, that was like the hen's day. Didn't we went to a hen's day a few weeks ago, and what something came up. All about all these old ladies getting drunk and they're like, oh, that's okay, we're in amongst nurses and Kelly's like, I'm out
0: of here. I'm off duty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Anyway. Uh,
1: anyway, uh, <laughs> make sure you check your research trolley. Kelly's actually written this to me. Make sure you check out your research trolley on your next ship so you know what's in each drawer. And, and while you're checking things, check out our Instagram page.
0: <laughs> Segway. <laughs> that's
1: great writing. Um, at 2 Podcasts, and give us a like and a follow and share our page and tag
0: Thanks. your mates and tell everyone how fucking fabulous we are. <laughs> or you can email us with any suggestions, stories or guest ideas. Um, you can email humorousnurses at gmail.com. That's humorous like the bone, H-U-M-E-R-U-S. Bye. Bye.